Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Richard, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Elizabeth. Hi, guys. And this week, we are going to dive into a mouthful of content. There's a lot of content, but I think most of you will really like what we're going to dive into this week because the subject is, should you write a book for your business? 10 questions to ask yourself before you hit the keyboard. One thing we've heard a lot in recent years is this. You should write a book to leverage your business and make you look like an expert. We've heard all kinds of online pseudo-gurus saying you need to write a book to build your business. And with that fad, we've had all kinds of books in the marketplace that maybe should never have found themselves there. On the other hand, writing a book has been proven to be an incredible business leveler and credibility builder. Nothing, and I mean nothing, will position you more as an expert than a well-presented, thought-out, and well-written book. A great website won't do as much. A dozen powerful testimonials won't do as much for you. And even a degree falls short in many instances compared to having a book out with your name listed as the author of it. So yes, writing a book can definitely add a great measure to your stature, to your posture, and to your credibility. According to an article by Lisa Evans for Entrepreneur.com, writing a book can help you and your business in five ways. So, Liz, what are the five ways in which writing a book can help entrepreneurs in their business? Well, number one is it helps you find your focus. So nothing trains your mind to focus more than the exercise of writing and researching. Because a book is that. I mean, yeah. A lot of research. Yeah, and and we're talking about nonfiction books here, folks. I mean, we're not talking about you becoming a novelist. Of course, if you want to do that, I urge you to do it and pursue your passion. But today, we're really going to focus on nonfiction writing. Exactly. And number two, it may give birth to a new business. A great book idea that innovates can bring speaking and consulting opportunities in your niche and lead to a new business being born. That's been seen time and again. Yeah, someone comes up with an idea for a book. Mm -hmm. The idea makes its way in the business world. And now that all of a sudden that person is asked to uh, speaking engagements or to consult with companies to help them implement that idea in their own companies. Exactly. And number three is introduce your business to the public. So when your book is out on Amazon and bookshelves across America, people have an opportunity to learn about you, about your business and what you have to offer. This is a great way to get exposure. It sure is. Number four is gain clients. 
A good book will enable the people who trust you after reading it to reach out to you as clients. So you may get coaching clients in your niche. Um, mm -hmm. You may have people reaching out for help um, in, in the specific field that you're in and that niche that you chose to write about. And number five, improve your personal credibility. So as Sebastian mentioned earlier, there's just something magical about adding your name author to your resume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just something great about that, that, that people, uh, you gain instant uh, credibility with that. And also I wanted to point out some interesting stats about books and about writers and about writing. I compiled a few stats that you might find interesting here. So according to a survey, 81% of Americans feel that they have a book in them and that they should write it. Also, in 2011, statisticians, stat counters, whatever, <laughs> counted <laughs> 329,259 books published in the United States and 2.2 million books published in the world. Wow. Google estimates 130 million books have been published in human history. In 2017, book sales increased 1.9% over 2016, according to uh, NDP BookScan. So they had increased by 3.3% in 2016 over 2015, according to Publishers Weekly. So even though we're surrounded by all kinds of new media, Books are still selling today, and that's what the stats are proving. Books are still a hot item. So it's still a good idea to write a book, okay? Even if we're surrounded by video, video course, and all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about that later, but it's still something that works. Books are still in, okay? So in today's episode, we will consider if writing a book is a good idea for you and your business by considering different aspects of the whole process. In recent years, many, many entrepreneurs have taken to writing a book to position themselves better in the marketplace. And this idea has gained so much momentum and becoming an author is now very, very, very trendy. It's the in thing to do. If you're an entrepreneur and you write a book, it's kind of like it goes hand in glove, right? It's, a, it's the in thing to do. It's the uh, taking your big business up a notch. Right. And, and it's uh, the art of positioning yourself and it's the, it's really becoming a, a big, big trend, okay? And I'm not going to lie, when I wrote Lead Like a Superhero two years ago, that was certainly part of the equation for me. However, it was far from my guiding force behind the writing of the book. You see, uh, I had been wanting to write books since I was in my early 20s. In fact, when I was around 20 years old, I wrote an eschatological nonfiction book, so I was a big fan of Hal Lindsey and Jack Van Impey and the prophecy ex Bible experts back in the day. And I wrote a book that was about 300 pages long in French with no internet access. So I already had some desire and chops as an author. Am I saying this to impress you? No. I'm saying this to impress upon you that a prior desire to write a book is a pretty good clue to know if you should write one at all, okay? When you listen to book writing experts seminars today, you would think that just anybody can and should write a book. And I'm sorry if I, that's going to burst your bubble. I just believe that's 
not the case. And um, so here I'm going to go into more like the uh, kind of debunking aspect of this podcast. And some of, some of what I'm going to say here might ruffle some feathers. And I just want to give you a heads up before I, I enter this because it's going to get more positive as we go in the podcast. But I want to get rid of the negative stuff right now because there's stuff out there that I think is kind of uh, hurting the book market. It's kind of hurting authors or would-be authors, okay? In fact, uh, someone once said, we have been told that everybody has a book inside of them. And for most people, that is just where it should stay. I heard that online once and I was like, oh boy, (laughs) he probably didn't make any friends in saying this. But at the same time, I knew it was something that kind of needed to be addressed. I know this last quote sounds blunt, but, you know, it might even be mean, and I don't want to insult or hurt anybody's feelings or even be a dream crusher, but let's face it, this is partly why we have so many bad books out there today. And I speak of this trend in one of my blogs that I entitled, I See Dead Books. So if you guys want to go check it out, it's on the website, uh, thrivingonpurpose.com, just go there and and, uh, go in the blog section. I wrote a blog that's titled, I See Dead Books. But bad books are not a recent phenomenon by any stretch of the imagination, okay? It's not because there's so many books being written today that there's necessarily a bigger ratio of bad books as opposed to yesteryear. There's just more books. So let's say the ratio was, I don't know, let's say 70% are bad. Uh, I'm just pitching a number out there. Well, it might have been the same thing back in the 1500s. There was just so much less written, but there could have been as many bad books back then. In fact, if you look at history, Voltaire, who lived in the 1700s, is quoted as saying, it is far better to keep silent than merely to increase the quantity of bad books. Hmm. And J.C. Ryle, an English evangelical uh, Anglican bishop from the 1800s, he said, whatever you read, read the Bible first. Beware of bad books. There are plenty in this day. Take heed what you read. I like that last part. It rhymes. Take heed what you read. Yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs reading um, all kinds of books just because it has a a catchy, raunchy title or it it sounds... We're not going to name any titles. It sounds, (laughs) you know, very different from what they're used to. And all of a sudden, this must be a great book, right? Not always. <laughs> yeah, I like, and I like the, the, the other quote that uh, once I, I once read that said, uh, if you read what everyone else is reading, guess what? You'll be thinking what everyone else is thinking. Exactly. So you've got to be careful what you read, okay? Take heed what you read. And in 2002, and there's another quote about bad books. In 2002, a New York Times article titled, Think You Have a Book in You? Think Again. The author said this, Something of 80,000 books get published in America every year, most of them not needed, not wanted, not in any way remotely necessary. Now, I said, like I said earlier, I know I'm, I'm dishing out some, maybe some dream-crushing stuff here, and that's not, what, that's not the goal of this, but I just want to set a realistic perspective as we dive into the subject of should you write a book for your business, okay? Now, let me be very clear. By saying this, I'm not saying that everybody doesn't have a story to share, expert knowledge in their field, or a voice to be heard. All I am saying is that maybe writing a book isn't the right platform for you. Yeah, think about that. 
There are plenty of other platforms to tell a story or share ideas, and not all should be in a book format. These should be considered carefully before you opt on book writing. So you can try blogging, which can actually give you a good grasp in the art of writing and may later develop you into an author. I've seen some uh, bloggers who actually did compile their blogs into a book, and it was very good. I mean, I got a couple books at home that are um, compilations of blogs. Very good books. Exactly. It really depends what niche you're in, what you're writing about. And uh, number two would be video platforms. So such as Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, you can share your content, your story through video platforms. Um, you can become a public speaker. So you can be invited to, to speak about your knowledge to different corporations or to churches, depending on what your niche is all about. Podcasting. So podcasting could be a great way for you to share your knowledge and share your story, inspire people, motivate people. And last, but certainly not least, course creation platforms like Udemy. So you can use, um, there's different ones out there, but Udemy is one of the biggest, where people will create their courses and put them on Udemy and will sell them for small amounts of money. But people are constantly going to Udemy to learn about how to do all kinds of different things. Yeah. So. If you're a graphic artist, if you're in marketing, whatever it may be, and you just want to share your knowledge and get that out, you can do it in a course format. And we've bought we've bought a few Udemy courses ourselves for our business, and uh, I, I just love it. I mean, you just browse through the different uh, subjects and, and niches, and, and you can find some amazing gems in, in course format over there. Yeah, so those are just a few of the different platforms that you can use to share your ideas. For some, these platforms may be better suited to tell their stories or teach uh, their knowledge more than writing a book. So you have to evaluate, you know, what your niche is, uh, how much content you want to share, how, you know, what is the, the purpose, the sole purpose of you really wanting to write a book, you know. I think that a book has a lot of power when it comes to setting content. Um, you know, you can highlight it, you can come back to it. Uh, I think it's a really great resource, especially, you know, if you're in a niche that you might need to use it as reference or maybe you want to do a blog, for example, like if you're a coach and you have uh, certain books that are your go-to books for information. So it's a lot more fun to have it in a book format than to say, hey, uh, what was that video that I saw about what you know, like it's harder to, to use it as a tool, right? For resources and stuff. Yeah. And to share, to yeah. share to people, right? You read a really great book. You're like, wow, I know a certain person that would love to read that. I'm going to buy it for his birthday. So, you know, there's many different ways. It really all depends on what the purpose and like Sebastian's book, Lead Like a Superhero. The, the cover is really... Um, it, it attracts, you know, young entrepreneurs and um, it's a great gift to give to people. So, you know, if you have the choice between a Kindle and a paperback, that type of book you prefer having in paperback because you want to give it as a gift. And the content was good for a book, too. I mean, it could have been a course. It yeah, could definitely it be made into a course. I'm still thinking about it sometime, but uh, uh, it takes a lot of time and hours to build a course. So I, I didn't get around to it. Uh, I, I don't know if I will. But yeah, that, like, that was the, for me, as a, as a writer, I, I'm a writer, like that's what I do, one of the things I do best. So 
So it was the best thing for me. I mean, at the yeah. time. So it's for you guys to decide. But anyway, uh, we're just giving you a, a a lowdown here of the other platforms that might that exist out there that can really build your authority and help build your business. And and you know maybe you. Maybe you're like, uh, oh, I, I need to write a book, but I hate to write. Well, if you hate to write, maybe you shouldn't write, you know? <laughs> mm. Or maybe you should consider these other platforms because there's plenty of ways, thank God, through technology to share your knowledge and expertise. So all of that said, maybe you aren't attracted to any of these. Maybe you don't care for blogging. Maybe you don't care for podcasting. And maybe you don't want to build a course. And that's very fine and dandy. Maybe you're like me, you know? Maybe you have a strong desire to write a book. Maybe you love to write. That's awesome. But before you get started, let's take a look at some questions you need to ask yourself before embarking in the grueling process of writing a book. Because, because we want to make sure your book adds value to yourself as you write it and to others once it is written. Okay? So we're going to start with these 10 questions you need to ask yourself. So question number one that you need to ask yourself is, what is your motive? Yeah, what's your motive in writing a book? Is it fame? Money? Helping people? Bringing some important information to light? Maybe it's spreading the word about something, some information? I gotta tell you right off the bat, if you're in it for the money, you might be disappointed. In fact, it's probably a good bet you will be disappointed. A book by itself will rarely make you rich, especially today. And the stats actually prove it. The average U.S. nonfiction book is now selling less than 250 copies per year and less than 3,000 copies over its lifetime. And very few titles are big sellers. Only 62 of 1,000 business books released in 2009 sold more than 5,000 copies. So when a book sells 5,000 copies in a nonfiction realm, it's considered an okay seller, pretty good seller, okay? So that's according to an analysis by the Codex Group in the New York Times in March 31st, 2010. So you see, I believe that writing a book is something better done with altruistic motives than with profit in mind. Will the book help you leverage your business? Sure. It will definitely help you uh, help position yourself as an expert in your field. And this can add a great deal of income coming your way. For some, your book might actually be a springboard to build a business, in which case it can definitely help you to bring in significant income, depending largely on your marketing savvy. And we'll talk about marketing later. For most nonfiction writers, however, the book is used largely as a powerful business card extension to get your name out in the marketplace. And as such, will not by itself make you wealthy. So a book has to be surrounded with a strategy, something around it. Okay, so you have to build around your book a brand, a message, something that's going to um, propel the book to higher grounds. Yeah, branding is very, very crucial when so, it comes to this. Yeah, so knowing this, you should have a better motive than making money. I'm talking here about just selling books, okay? 
Exactly. So knowing this, you should have a better motive than making money. Your list of motives should include, but not be limited to, helping people, extending your reach, spreading useful knowledge, spreading the gospel, if you're a believer, correcting existing false beliefs in your field, making a difference, uh, sharing your story. If you have a really um, inspiring story, maybe you know you have a success story. Maybe you've overcome trials in your life that you know that the things you overcame could help somebody. Or maybe you're, you know, um, you've studied a, a certain niche, you know, and beca- became such an expert at it that everybody tells you, wow, you should really write a book about this because every time you speak, you're so knowledgeable that people just want to hear more and hear more, right? Mm. So there's many ways that you can inspire people and touch people's lives by, by using a book to do that. So writing a book with these motives in mind is so much stronger than writing it to rack in the big bucks. And it will save you some heartache because if you don't make it to the New York Times bestseller list, at least you will have written with the right motive in mind, right? So all that said, if you do have the guts to write a book, I still wish you the kind of success that will make that book go to the New York Times bestseller list. But I have to tell you straight out, the odds of that happening are very slim in today's market, okay? So you have to be realistic when you write your book and you have to have a good, strong, solid why. Exactly. And sometimes it might take, you know, it might be your third book that goes to bestseller status. Sometimes it's not your first one because you're still perfecting your skill, because you're not a known author. Um, Sometimes you have to write two, three books in the same lane to to have that um, credibility and for people to really start knowing you, you're building your audience, all those things go into play that you know maybe your third one will be a big success so we're just telling you this to be realistic we're not telling you this to discourage you you have to start doing it if you want to have results right but don't think that oh i'm going to write my first book it's going to be amazing and become rich and i'm going to become rich it's very there's a very slim chance unless you have you know something really really um a message that's or an angle on something that's really different and unheard of and you have an audience there to propel it, right? So number two, have you ever had the desire to write a book before? Now, this is a good question to ask yourself, okay? Because we live in, in particular times when it comes to book writing. And what I mean by that is back in the day when books were less popular than they are now, the average person would think less of writing a book as opposed to today where the average person, as we had from the earlier stats, 81% of Americans believe they have a book in them. But if you go back 100 years, that stat was probably a lot lower than 81%. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so since we live in those times, you have to ask yourself that question. Have you ever had the desire to write a book before? So before you heard someone online or elsewhere mention that writing a book is a good lever for any business, Had you ever wanted to write one? And if so, was it a vague desire with no clear idea or direction? A fleeting thought? Or was it something that was clearly defined? Was it a strong desire with a strong idea? In other words, did you know pretty much what you wanted the book to be about? 
Did you have a general sense of purpose and direction with your writing in general? Uh, did you already have a title in mind? Those who already have a title in mind are one step ahead in the creative process. And if it's a good title, that's even better. By this, I'm not saying that you must have uh, you must have a prior desire to write a book if you are to write one now. I'm not saying that at all, okay? Because you might have never thought about writing a book. You might write that book and that book might, might become a bestseller for all I know, okay? But usually, if you've had a prior desire, it's a good clue that maybe you're onto something there. Maybe you, there's that pull there that, that you should be writing that book. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So what I'm saying is this. Make sure this is not just a fad or something you fancy in the moment because it is popular. I mean, let's face it, we're literally bombarded with book writing seminars, coaching programs, and Facebook posts that say all kinds of things. Uh, I've seen it all online. I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, we, I've seen stuff that says, sign up today and write your bestseller in 30 days. I've seen, get the software that will write your book for you. I'm not kidding. There's actually stuff like that that exists out there. Apparently, the software writes the book for you. How sick is that? <laughs> uh, I've seen also ads that say uh, $4.95 to write your book in one day or become a Kindle best-selling author, etc. Uh, by the way, just a parenthesis about the Kindle thing. What they don't tell you is that, yes, you can become a Kindle bestseller. But usually it's going to take you maybe 20 or 30 books before you start creating a whirlwind of traffic in your books on Amazon so that you actually start making that much income to, to, to be able to live off of it. Yeah, it's not going to happen with one Kindle book. You know, if you write one Kindle <laughs> book or two Kindle books, tough luck. They might never be found. And that's another thing. They're going to tell you sometimes, well... Uh, you don't have to write about what you love or just just write, just go into niches and explore the niches and see where there's a need and a want and write about that. Seriously? That's how you're going to build your business? <laughs> like if you're passionate about theology, you're going to go and write a recipe book? Really? I mean, come on. I just think this is weird, a weird way to build a business. Anyway. I might be wrong. Some of you might have done it and they might, you, you might be crushing it and, and good for you. But I just find that there's too much hype around all this. So these ads, that's what they do, right? They, ads like that and, and seminars and, and courses, uh, they create hype. And as a result, everyone now wants to write their book, to tell their story, to put their book out. Is that bad? Well, let me put it this way. Do all people enthusiastic to audition at American Idol sing well? No. That's what hype does. On the one hand, it's good because it increases awareness and popularity of a thing. And in this case, we're talking about writing books, right? So that's kind of cool. It, it makes book writing cool again. It makes books cool again. And I like that. It makes authors popular, which is great. On the other hand, it can potentially decrease the quality of the final product because of such an increase in quantity. In this case, the books themselves. Okay, back in the early 90s, I'm going to give you an example okay, from my youth. Back in the early 90s, hockey cards became popular again. Extremely so. It was really popular. So all of the guys in my high school were buying upper deck hockey cards and trading them. 
oh, I got so-and-so player, can you going to trade him? And, and we were trying to make, always trying to find that rare card that was going to bring in the bucks, right? So the companies who were always on the lookout, you know, they were always looking for the, the big sale, whatever, they saw that. And they saw the trend going upwards and upwards and upwards. So card companies like Upper Deck and Score were glad to oblige. So what they started doing was they started making hockey cards by the truckload. And all of a sudden, like cards were everywhere. You went at any uh, convenience store, you had cards, and it, it, it were it was the big fad back then. So I still have my hockey cards, by the way, from when I was 16 years old. Guess how much these cards are worth today? Not much. I can guarantee you that. Okay, I think that I think in all, the whole set, the one that's worth most is probably worth five bucks. Okay, <laughs> and as opposed to uh, cards that were made back in the day, where you could get a Gretzky rookie card, I don't know, over a thousand dollars, or I mean, when cards were less popular and less were made, you have some of these cards today that run for five hundred dollars, six hundred, a thousand, right? But these upper deck cards that were made in the early 90s, although they were very, very nice cards, they're worthless. And that's kind of sad, right? So what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. Don't write a book because it's the popular thing to do as an entrepreneur. Write a book because you have a burning message to tell that could set the world on fire. That's good motive. Okay, let me repeat that. Write a book because you have a burning message to tell that could set the world on fire. That's a good reason, not because it's popular. And that brings us to number three. Are you knowledgeable enough to write a book? Stephen King said, if you want to be a writer, you must do two things above all others. Read a lot and write a lot. I'm into that. You might be knowledgeable in your field, but do you have enough knowledge to pack into a 200-page book? I know it's a direct question, but it's so important. Maybe you do have a book in you, but is it ready to come out just yet? That's another, another good question you might, might ask yourself. So you see, the same way singers should love music, authors should love to read. So right away, this gives you a clue as to the seriousness of your inquiry into writing a book. I believe that reading and writing go hand in hand. If you have no books at home, don't particularly enjoy reading, and have no real appreciation for books in general, allow me to be straightforward. You should probably find another platform to tell your message. Does that mean you don't have a message? No. But I believe that if you are not into books at all and you don't read and you've never really particularly taken a liking to reading, books might not be your platform, okay? Like most authors, before I had any desire to write, I had already read many books. I loved to read. I loved books. I even loved their smell. I'm kind of sick that way. That's what authors are like. They love books and reading. Much reading increases knowledge. And trust me, you're going to need quite a bit of knowledge if you're going to package it in at least, I said 200 pages earlier, well, at least 160 pages of interesting, captivating, and yes, let's be honest here, sellable content. Now, you may be saying, but I don't want to become an author. I just want to write this one book and be done with it to give traction to my business. That's not bad per se, and we'll address it later, 
Okay. That brings us to number four. Is your business book compatible? Yeah, that's a really good question to ask yourself. I mean, there are some fields that fit in better with adding a book to your business arsenal than others. For example, if you're in leadership, direct sales, Christian ministry, health and wellness, any specialized knowledge really like psychology, medicine, science, philosophy, these fields are very book friendly. In fact, most fields that our knowledge based are book friendly because books happen to be thought on paper. We're, talk we're talking about nonfiction books here. Remember that. Yeah. So whenever you have something to teach, expertise in something, knowledge in something, maybe you've developed uh, success in your business through certain strategies that you want to help people and you want to share them. Yeah. And, and you know, the fields I just mentioned, Oftentimes, these fields are already saturated with a huge number of already existing books, some good, some bad. So you must be aware of the competition. Making your book stand out might be a challenge. By the way, I'm just going to put a parenthesis here, okay? If you have been a pastor for some time and you haven't written a book yet, what are you waiting for? I'm, I'm, I'll be straightforward here. In my opinion, writing a book if you're an experienced pastor, it's pretty much a given since you already have so many of the vital elements of book writing already in place, such as an audience, a knowledge base, and expertise. And any pastor worth his salt is already a reader. So why not give it a go if you have a message to convey? I'm just talking to pastors here, just a little parenthesis. That said, you may be in a field where a book would perhaps not help your business much or even at all. So you need to assess that carefully. Why? Because writing a book is not an endeavor that should be entered in lightly since it is long, time-consuming, and sometimes, depending on your business, not profitable at all. And sometimes it might even cost you money if you're into self-publishing. So you have to think about all those factors, right, when you write your book. If you are, for example, a jewelry maker and have an online shop, it might not be relevant to write a book on jewelry. Or if you have a soap making business, how would a book be relevant to soap? I mean, some fields are less book friendly than others. In those two examples I gave you, for the soap and the jewelry, maybe a book about your story and how you built an empire could be a good idea if you actually make it to a, a highly successful business. But maybe not a book about the business itself. For example, soaps and jewelry. You catch my drift? You know where I'm going with this? In French, we have an expression. It says, le calcul vaut le travail. In other words, reflecting on how a book would fare in your field is highly important before you get started. You need to calculate before you get to work. Okay? So do a market study beforehand. Check out similar subjects or ideas on Amazon to give you an idea if this is a potentially sought after or income producing niche. And that brings us to number five. Do you have a big idea? A big idea. It was the late Charles A. Dana who is credited with saying, if a dog bites a man, it is not news. But if a man bites a dog, it is. In other words, people are attracted to novelty. People love new information that shocks, educates, or entertains. 
Writing a book in the nonfiction realm is a lot like a PhD dissertation. It requires a big idea to be explored at length. I'm talking, of course, about still nonfiction books here, okay? Yeah, and also it can be, you know, a new angle, a new way, a new perception, or for a certain type of audience that you're aiming for. So by big idea, I mean an idea that could potentially improve, transform, give a different angle on an already existing subject, or add great value to your field. When I wrote Lead Like a Superhero, I was very aware that I didn't have a revolutionary idea by writing a book on leadership. There are hundreds, perhaps thousands of books that were written on the subject of leadership. However, what got me excited to write the book is the angle or the lens through which I was going to explore the subject of leadership. I knew that exploring it through the lens of superheroes and their leadership attributes had not been done the way I was going to do it. So I knew I had a big idea, and that made the book stand out. Another example is when Robert Kiyosaki wrote the famous book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He knew books on finances were a dime a dozen, but his angle was revolutionary and a bestseller was born. Writing about finances by taking his two dads' advice as thesis and antithesis was a stroke of genius by Robert Kiyosaki. Yes, it was. It, it was sure a very was. great angle, very relatable and a lot more interesting to talk about finances uh, in that way. Right? I just love this book. I and mean, it was just like, you know, it was a story. It was weaved as a story at the same time. It was just great. Yeah, exactly. So make sure your book is a big idea. Ask yourself these questions to find out. Does my book idea improve the knowledge in my field? Does my book present new information that could transform, challenge, or revolutionize the status quo in my field? Does my book idea add tremendous value to my respective field or niche? Does my book offer help and solutions for people? Does my book shock, educate, or entertain? These are all great questions you should ask yourself because when we're talking about the nonfiction realm, well, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun, and that's true. So you need to be aware of that. And if you're going to bring a new book out, you want it to stand out. And in order for it to stand out, it has to bring something of value, something new something revolutionary to your field, if at all possible. So that brings us to number six. Would you buy and read your book idea? Very simple and straightforward question, right? Now, most of us would reflexively answer yes as a knee-jerk reaction, right? That's understandable. I mean, our book is our baby. Huh? We love our subject. We love what we, the idea we came up with, right? But it's very subjective. As an author, you need to look at what you're trying to write as objectively as possible. You need to put yourself in the consumer's shoes. So here's what I want you to do with me, okay? As you're listening to this, I want you to do a little exercise. I want you to visualize your book in a bookstore. Okay, can you see your book? It's on a shelf. It's among other good books. Now you're walking in the store. You get to that aisle. You get to that shelf. Would you pick it up? 
Because that's the first thing, right? Title, did it catch your attention? Would you pick it up? Then would you read the back cover description? Because once we see the title, usually we go in the back cover because we want to know what the book's about. And then would you take a look at the table of contents? Because usually that's how it goes, right? See title, back cover. Then you're like, hmm, I want to know more. So you go inside, first few pages, table of contents. What does it talk about? Well, how did he break down those chapters? What does he address? And then would you pay for it at full price? <laughs> I know that sounds corny to say, but there's some books we are not willing to pay 25 bucks for or 20 bucks or even 15. We just want to buy them because they're $2. Otherwise, we would not have paid for them. So would you pay for your book at full price? And then once you bought it and brought it home, would you just set it on the shelf and not read it? Or would you actually delve right into it? And then page after page, would it keep you interested? You see, I know this is very, very, I'm pushing you guys like far now because you're, you're far in a creative process when you put yourself in that situation because you're probably not even there yet. Maybe you just had a fleeting idea. Oh, I think I'd like to write a book. And maybe you never thought about all these uh, way, way down the, down the lane, uh, things coming your way when, once you write the book. But these are good exercises to do. Okay? So if the answer is yes to all these things, that's good. You're most likely on the right track. If the answer is no, keep in mind, this doesn't mean you shouldn't write the book. But maybe you just need to get back to the drawing board. Maybe it's just time to reevaluate your book idea, make a few adjustments, have some clarity, and you can still write an awesome book once you've done that. But it's a really good exercise to ask you that question, would I buy this book? Absolutely. And the presentation is very important. Um, a lot of people um, want to you know, skip corners and they want to get the book out and they don't want to invest in somebody that's a professional to do the graphic arts of the book. The presentation is very, very important. Yeah, especially like in self-publishing, right? Because self-publishing has become so readily available for anybody. Exactly. Uh, that people who, oftentimes what happens is people who don't have lots of money want to self-publish, right? But the problem when you don't have a lot of money is you can become cheap. And if you, could be, if you become too cheap, you're going to present a cheap product. And you, want to, you don't want to do that with a book because your name is attached to it. And if you present a cheap product that has not been edited, you didn't pay for editing, you didn't pay for proofreading, you didn't pay for a professional to do the cover, well, it's going to show people are not easily fooled, okay? People know when they're buying good stuff. And now with Amazon reviews, if it's crap, <laughs> the word's going to get out. So you can't really escape that. You gotta, if you're gonna write a book, you gotta do it right. Yeah, you have to have a, a small amount to invest in, in, these, in these different things that he mentioned. And we're probably gonna do another podcast to uh, really explain what it takes to get the whole book done from yeah. A to Z and the different ways to do it and uh, you know different avenues you can take, what's less costly, what's more costly and yeah. all that to really help you guys out. So that brings us to number seven. Is your book idea related to your niche? Another great question to ask yourself, right? But this one's a given. I mean, if you're going to write a book for your business, do just that. You write a book for your business. In other words, don't write an Amish love story if your business is in the, I don't know, financial industry. 
Or if you do so, please use a pen name, okay? You don't want to mix both. <laughs> I'm a financial advisor and hey, have a copy of my book. It's an Amish love story. You'll love it. <laughs> and also, that's a very important thing when it comes to, um, is it related to your niche? A lot of creative authors have a lot of different topics that they love studying, they love learning about, and they have a lot of different ideas for books. Um, and that's not a bad thing if you're going to Um, you know, if your mission is just to write a lot of books and eventually, you know, get known for, for your books. But even then, I mean, even if you have a lot of creative ideas, there's probably one niche you should, should con yeah. concentrate on. If you're a novelist, I mean, stick yeah. to novels. Maybe if you start writing uh, nonfiction, maybe you won't be, I don't know. And ideal, yeah, and ideally when we call it, when we talk about branding, it's really important to try to stay in the same lane. Like there's a reason why... John Maxwell is so popular and builds so much credibility and knowledge because he studied leadership. That is his main focus. And everything that he creates, any book he writes about, is always in the same lane or aspects to that lane. Or, you know, it's always like content circles around leadership. It's yeah. always connected somehow. You know, if it's not team building, it's uh, communication. It's always related to his audience, yeah. to the type of people that are going to buy it. So you have to take that into consideration. If you're doing it for business purposes, you know, try to stick to something that, uh, you know, goes with your business and that, you know, um, if you have many books inside of you, that you're going to be able to branch out in, in the same kind of, um, maybe not the same type of book, but at least that it'll appeal, appeal to that audience that you're, Uh, attracting, right? Yeah. If well, you but write... for example, John Maxwell wrote, wrote books about leadership and relationships, but the two work together. When you're in leadership, you're in relationships. So and he's obviously... talking to that audience. Exactly. You know, he's not talking to the same audience that Kev Dr. Kevin Lehman is talking to when he's, you know, a psychologist talking to just parents about child Uh, parenting, yeah. you know, about child rearing. So your book idea has obviously to marry into your business. It's going to be an extension of your business. It's going to be a strong arm of your business. So don't forget that the main question here is the podcast, should I write a book for my business, right? So if you're going to write a book for your business, it has to be a book that's related to your business and that makes your business relatable. So as such, you need something that will complement or add value to the service or product you have to offer. This book will be your calling card and could potentially bring much more business your way. So make sure it represents your business well. And if I'm not saying like if you are uh, a very creative person that uh, if you've written a book for your business and you want to write a novel on the side, you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying if you do do it, Try not to mix the boat, like mix them together. So using a pen name, like I mentioned earlier, might be a very good idea in that, in that case. And that brings us to number eight. Number eight is really, really important. Do you already have an audience for your book? So we're going to go in detail on what this means because this is very, very crucial to the success of your book and to the sales of your book. Yeah, that, that is probably the most important question relating to should you write a book for your business is do you already have an audience for your book on this question experts are very divided 
Some say you should write your book only if you already have an existing audience for it. Others say it isn't necessary to have a successful book. Okay. Myself, personally, my two cents, I think it's much easier to give traction to your book when you do have an audience. Think about it. When your business is already well established with people who like, know, and trust you, they will be delighted when they hear you have a book coming out. Most likely, you will get a lot of pre-orders and sales from this already existing audience or customer base. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret here, okay? Listen very carefully. The first few weeks of a book are crucial in determining its future success. Let me repeat that. The first few weeks of a book are crucial in determining its future success. And here's why. Pre-orders. That's one, one, one reason why. An existing audience will get you more pre-orders. Pre-orders count toward first week sales that often determine whether a book winds up on a best-selling list, a possibility that can be huge for any author. It gives your book momentum. The pre-orders give your book momentum. And number two, reviews. It's estimated that less than 10% will leave you a review on your book, even if they loved it. Imagine that. And I can attest to that. <laughs> okay? I, I, I even think 10% is very generous. <laughs> I think it's more like 2%. <laughs> anyway, early positive reviews can really make your book stand out in a big way. With an already existing audience, you get early sales and early reviews. And early reviews create early hype over your book which means more visibility. So what Amazon does is they'll actually boost books that get more reviews in their rankings. They'll say, oh, this book has a lot of reviews, a lot of sales, a lot of early pre-orders. Let's boost it in the rankings when people search for so-and-so. That's how Amazon works, okay? So that means more visibility, more sales, and potentially more business for you, which is a great thing, right? And this is hard to do without an already existing audience. According to a 2014 survey by Bright Local, consumers are 84% likely to trust an online review as much as a personal recommendation. Imagine that. So when people read an online review for your book, they will trust that 84% of the time as if it came from a friend. That's pretty good. I mean, good reviews will give your book more visibility, okay? When I wrote Lead Like a Superhero a couple years ago, my audience was not as big as it is now. So I had to make up for my smaller audience with bigger investments in time and marketing of all kinds. I wanted to get the word out because I believed, and I still do, that my book can change lives. So I marketed like crazy that first year. I, I believed in my book so much that I was willing to stretch myself to the limit in time and money to get the message out. Which brings us to the next question you need to ask yourself. Yeah, and before we get into that, I just want to say, you know, with social media and with video and everything right now, we have a lot of different ways, you know, through Google Ads, through um, 
there's so many ways to market your book, but also to build that audience that he was talking about. Video is a great way to uh, do YouTube videos and get your, you know, get your knowledge out and do different topics that could be, you know, related to that book where in that video description, you would say, you know, that uh, you have this book that they can buy and that's going to help them for this and this reason. So you're adding value to them and, you know, putting your book in the, in the description. So that can really help, you know, to build oh, yeah. the audience that you're looking for without it costing a fortune. Um, and uh, also, you know, with social media through Facebook, a lot of people are building their audience through Facebook lives. Like there's a lot of different ways that you can do it and be creative without costing a fortune to build that audience before you decide to get that book out, right? And get those reviews. So that brings us to number nine. Are you willing to put in time, money, and effort to marketing your book? Yeah, that's a big question. See, because uh, not all authors are into marketing. Uh, now, I realize that you guys, you're Christian entrepreneurs, so as such, you're probably very familiar with marketing already, and that's a great thing. So if you're considering writing a book, you probably already know that you're going to have to market that book because, hey, times are changing. Used to be that, uh, you know, when you got a publishing deal, publisher would take care of everything from A to Z. You just like gave the manuscript until it was, you know, worked on that manuscript until it was good and ready to go. And then the publisher said, okay, thanks for your little baby. I'll take it from here. I'll raise your baby now. <laughs> and, and you didn't have to worry about the marketing because the publisher would do it for you. Well, those days are over. It's unfortunate. It's kind of sad. Uh, but authors nowadays have to be good marketers. It comes with the territory. Okay, So whether you have a huge audience or none at all, you will need to market your own book. Only a very small percentage of authors don't need to market their book. So unless your name is John C. Maxwell or Stephen King, you will need to be willing to learn and to do some marketing. I found out that writing a book is a two-part process, okay? It's really 50-50. 50% of the effort will be in the research and the writing of your book, okay? And maybe in the editing and all that. And the other 50% is getting the word out, making it stand out and getting that book known. Marketing a book, like I said, it's not like it used to be. Publishers don't do much unless they know it will provide them with an insane return on investment. So it means it's up to you. It will take more time than you're willing to give. It will require more money than you're willing to pay. And it will, it will take more effort than you expected. Marketing your book comes with the territory when writing your book. So you will learn to make great Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram ads. You will learn to pitch your book to podcasters, reviewers, and bloggers. You will learn to contact bookstores for book signings. You will learn to weave clever copy to get people interested in your book. Exactly. And when we were talking about Facebook ads, like we won't get into the crux of marketing. We'd have to do another podcast on that. But Facebook ads just to sell a book aren't a great way. Neither is Twitter or Instagram. It's really um, the best way is really to create uh, a lead magnet, something that the person uh, that you're solving a problem to. So 
you're creating some content for like it could be a short video it could be um, you know something that you're giving them to solve a problem that could be connected with your book and then you would add value to these people in the in through that ad right they opt in they get the information you add value to them and then you upsell the book if they want more yeah. right and another way to uh, get your book known is to give it away for free uh, there's some book giveaways you can do uh, through um, Good Amazon. Goodreads, Amazon now yeah. does it. It's awesome. Uh, and what I like about the Amazon way is is that uh, they take care of the shipping and everything. Uh, when you do it through Goodreads, you have to ship it out yourself. Anyway, but there's all kinds of marketing tactics out there, but you will need to familiarize with the ones that you feel are best suited to your budget and to your audience and to the way you do things, right? So you exactly. have to figure that out. And depending on your niche, depending where your audience is, not every platform is the best for that, right? Like we know that Twitter and LinkedIn are places where business owners or more entrepreneurs hang out um, as opposed to Facebook ads. Well, you have a bit of that, but you have more different kind of people like, you know. And also it depends that, on what your book's about. I mean, exactly. what business niche you're in. And, and that's that. why it's important to study marketing. Oh, it's yeah. in, uh, important to study branding. And if you don't have the time and you do have the resources, then you can pay somebody to do that for you. So we're talking to you like as if you had never, you know, you didn't have the budget and you have to do most of this by yourself this is how we're this is how we're trying to help you but if you do have the resources and you do have a budget um, then you can obviously pay somebody to do a lot of the marketing strategies for you and save time yeah there are book publicists out there who will who, who would love to have your business and and, and exactly. would love to do it for you that's also another option you need to look into but um, all that to say you're gonna need to learn uh, marketing quite a bit actually for your book okay as an author in, in 2018 Susan Cain who wrote the best-selling book uh, quiet the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking by the way I recommend that book highly if you are an introvert uh, you will feel very valued and encouraged through her her writing uh, just a little parenthesis she admitted in an interview that she had to learn to greatly get out of her comfort zone when she wrote the book in order to market it. Uh, because Susan Cain, obviously, writing a book with that title, she is herself a very, very deep introvert. So it was very hard to, for her to get out of her shell, get out of her comfort zone. Even her publisher had concerns at first. That's what she told in a story once. And they asked her if she was willing to do this. You know, like book tours, book signings, uh, speaking engagements, which at first pretty much terrified her. <laughs> it's just funny, you know? I mean, I, I'm laughing because in, in a way it was a funny thing when she was saying that because her books, she sold millions of books. I mean, her book caught like wildfire and she's a very highly in-demand speaker today, but she had to learn that, that curve and it was not easy for her. Uh, but because she was willing to do all this, okay, and she did it, a life-changing bestseller was born. A book that has helped millions of introverts to feel better about themselves in a world that is, let's be honest, tailored for extroverts. So that, yeah, so that might mean that you have to get out of your comfort zone and kind of 
transform right change into somebody that you didn't expect to to be like discover push your limits and reach your full potential by using your book yeah so yeah. in this case that's a perfect example of how that happened and how her business revolved all around it, it opened so many opportunities but she if she had you know just stayed home and said no I'm not going to interview anybody and uh, I'm not going to do interviews and I'm just going to stay quiet at home then maybe we wouldn't even have heard of, of her book today. Exactly right? and she wouldn't have touched so many people. Uh, you can only write a life-changing book if you are willing to change your own life first. Okay remember that. So b number 10 is how will you feel if you never attempt to write or fail to finish this book? Now that's a huge question, right? How will you feel if you never attempt to write this book? You know, uh, in the novel industry, in the uh, novel writing industry, it is said that 97% of authors never finish their book. Really? 90, so they start it, they, they write a big chunk of it, but they don't finish it, 97%. Why? Why? Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe they, they lose interest. Maybe they get scared. Uh, maybe they're like, oh, it's no good. I gotta, I'm stopping this. Who am I kidding? I think it has a lot to do with mindset, personally. Yeah. But not well, you can You can get overwhelmed by looking at the competition out there. And, you know, generally speaking, most introverts are attracted to writing books. And yeah. generally, introverts, you know, will tend to... Struggle more with mindset. Struggle more with mindset. Sometimes yeah. compare themselves too much, uh, belittle their um, experience and their, you know, their knowledge, thinking that because somebody else that's more ext extroverted is out there proclaiming his book, uh, he feels like I can never compete with that. Right? Yeah. It's sort of like. Susan Cain against Grant Cardone. Like, oh my if, you goodness. Know, there's people that... like Night and day, basically. such a big difference in character and personality, right? A very different She's audience. talking to introverts and he's talking to people that are interested in sales and real estate, and mostly. Yet, and yet, I've seen a lot of introverts who love Grant Cardone because he gets them fired Wild up. Wild up and motivated <laughs> and stuff. Exactly. So, so it's hard know, to say. You're, really. you're drawn for different reasons, right? And that's why... You have to keep that in mind. There's an audience for you and for your content and for what you want to share. And, you know, I mean, this last question, it's so important because throughout this podcast, I give you tons of information. I give you some good questions to ask yourself. But ultimately, only you know if you should write this book or not. It's between you and God, really. And, and as much as I hope that the content I, I dished out today is going to help you in making that decision... Uh, the decision is ultimately your own, okay? Only you know how hot the desire burns inside of you. Only you know the message God has put, as, uh, has put on your heart. Only you know how long it has been nagging at you. Only you know how much regret you will have if you don't do this. And the last thing I want with this podcast, which was quite realistic... You know, I'm a realistic kind of guy, sorry. But the last thing I want is for you to be discouraged after listening to me. Actually, I want the opposite. I want you to be fired up. I want this to confirm to you these questions as you ask them to yourself. I want you to be like, 
that's it. I'm doing it. I'm going to go for it. So should you write a book for your business? Like I said, only you can answer this question. If you do have a desire to write this book, I urge you to go for it. Get that message out. Folks, those are just 10 questions you need to ask yourself, and they are by no means exhaustive when it comes to writing a book. There's tons of other questions you might have asked yourself already or that you might find online or elsewhere uh, that, that you should consider before writing that book. Writing a book is a marathon, a marathon, even for gifted writers. It's tough. It's going to take hours upon hours. And in the end, I'm sorry, even in the end, it won't be as good as you wished. It's never as good as we imagine in our mind it can be once we get finished with it. So that's the frustrating part. And the other frustrating part is that you will keep growing and learning after the book is out. But your book will stay the same. So you're just going to keep growing, learning more, adding to your knowledge, and then looking back on your book, say, oh, if I could write it again. If I could change that chapter, I would. If I could add that in the book, I would. If I could just tweak that quote. That's why they do re-edited versions. I know. (laughs) What is it called again? Uh, 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 um, Revised. Revised revised versions. And John Maxwell is... uh, as once said that I think it was um, developing the leader within you. He said he revised eighty-five percent of the book. Yeah, it and he said that so was he said that was because it was one of his first books, and as a result, when he read it like I don't know twenty-five years later, he's like, oh, his, perce- oh. his perspective. Has and changed. it's funny because a guy like that who writes really really good books. He looks at his own book and goes like, oh man, that was crap. I need to re-edit 85%. <laughs> but it's the same for everybody. I mean, whether it's your first book or your 10th book. But, he, but he's talking about a specific topic that, you know, he's learning as he goes along and just maturing and learning more and yeah, more. But it we really all grow. depends on the We niche. all grow as people. So, you know, it doesn't matter really what topic you wrote about. You're going to grow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to grow. If you're listening to Thriving on Purpose, we urge you to grow. Right. But it could also be a book, you know, that um, speaks to a certain audience to help them, right? It could be an inspiring story. Maybe it's an, a message that God put on your heart and that you know is going to have a huge impact on people and help them. And we hope that this is going to, you know, make you think of, like, you know, the pros and cons, you know, the questions you need to ask yourself. But if God put that on your heart, you should really go through with oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, because... don't, like if God put it on your heart, don't let anything I said today deter you from following that vision by all means. But I really wanted to paint a realistic picture, the good, the bad, the ugly, so that you can really make up your mind as like, okay, is this something I'm, I'm still going to do? In spite of knowing uh, basically the basics of the, the crux of it, what the market is like and what this is going to entail for me. Right. Am I still willing to pursue this? Because I want you to do it with uh, prior knowledge. I think it's it's good and to have And seriousness. It's not, you know, like, exactly. It's not something that you just say, oh, I'm going to do this. It's going to be fun. And uh, I'm going to make tons of money out of it. That's why we wanted to really show you, you know, all the, the, the importance of the right questions to ask yourself so that you really have... Um, a good path to follow and create good content, quality content 
that will change people's lives, that will help people. And as a side note, and, and, and I'm glad I just thought of that, if you're married and you decide to go and do it, make sure your spouse is in your corner because writing that book will demand more from your spouse as well because all of a sudden you're going to invest time, more time, away from maybe family life or house chores or whatever because your book will interfere to some degree with the way your life used to be because now you're you're going to put you're going to, you're going to take more time away yeah, from it's time consuming yeah and if your spouse is encouraging you is on fire like you about the book that's great good like i mean that's oftentimes it's a confirmation because our spouses know it's really good i remember when i pitched the idea to liz about lead like a superhero and i was all excited and my wife usually is the, the damper. She's going to be like, well, have you heard about this? Or, oh, no, I don't know. I don't think that's a great idea. And then she's going to be the damper. Like, realistic. Not 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 someone who's negative, but someone who's going to be realistic because I, I tend to fly away. Sometimes she just needs to... When, yeah, when it comes to books, he, like, he's I, on I, a cloud I got to be brought down a little bit sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, all this to say, when I pitched the idea to her, she was like, wow, that's a great idea. I was like, oh, oh if you say it's great, it must be freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to work right away. I, I think I wrote the, the introduction that night. Anyway, all this to say. Yeah, and there's other books that he, that I am actually pushing him to write. And he's, you know, like, my, I might, he's squished with time. Like, he doesn't have as the much time. There's a time issue. There's the mindset issue. Because there's some subjects that I approach that I'm not, not going to go into that right now. But there's some things I want to touch on that will I know will demand a lot emotionally from me and some subjects I'm not sure I'm ready to tackle others I'm like that's going to be life-changing for me to write it so am I ready to face myself in the mirror that way and write that subject anyway I'm not going to go into that that's going to be for another podcast because we're already uh at, you know over an hour long right now so and i don't want to take too much of your time guys uh and i wanted to end today's podcast with a really positive message and for that i have a really really funny clip uh by john maxwell and it was taken from a seminar he gave called a day about books and i wanted to share with you that clip i believe it's going to encourage you so listen to this clip by john maxwell about writing a book. How many of you, um, how many of you have written a book? Would you raise your hand if you've written a book? Raise your hand up high, okay? You, you've written a book, okay? You can put your hand down. How many of you would say the book isn't any good? <laughs> the reason I ask that question is, is I, I purposely asked them to bring my first book here today that I wrote in 1979. And the reason I ask him to bring that book here for you is because I want you to have it. And the reason I want you to have it is it will encourage you. <laughs> it really will. It will really encourage you. Because once you read my book, my first book, you'll say, Dear God, there is hope for me. Mm -hmm. I had a lady come up to me one time. She said, John, she said, she had it, the first one. It's still in print. And she brought it and she said, this is your first book. And she said, would you sign it? I said, I'll be glad to sign it. And she said, I love this book. I said, you do? She said, I love this book. And, and, and so I thought, well, why, why do you love it? Oh, she said, the short chapters. You, you, I mean, the chapters are just short. And there are, it's only 100 pages. And it's 33 chapters. 
three pages per chapter. And she said, I just love those short chapters. She said, how did you think of writing a book and just doing real short chapters? I said, lady, it was my first book. You, ha- you have to understand, by the time I got done with three pages, I was out of ammunition. I had nothing more to say. In fact, some of the chapters are two pages too long. But I, I wanted you to have it because um, I want to encourage you. In fact, I want to talk a lot about my writing today, and I wanted to just start off by saying to you that if you've never written but you want to write, you can write. And if you have written and it wasn't any good, it's okay, keep writing. Because now, on this side, 73 books later, 20 plus million books sold, I got good, but I didn't get good my first day, and I didn't get good my first book, and I didn't get good my first shot. You don't get good that way. Anybody that tells you the first thing they timed they did something they were really good is delusional. They're good people, they just haven't seen reality. They're on drugs. They're smoking something. Because nobody starts off good. We all start off average or below average. That's how we start off because it's our first shot. The first time I ever swung a golf club, I wasn't any good. I just swung a golf club. In fact, the guy looked at my golf game and said, the problem with your golf game is you're you're too close to the ball after you hit it. So there you have it, folks. Even John Maxwell didn't do so well in the beginning. So you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So get ready, get set, and get on that keyboard. Exactly. So start writing. So we hope that you enjoyed this podcast and that this will really help you to uh, make up your mind on if you should write a book and share it with uh, with your friends that you know will appreciate this podcast. If you, if you, I have a lot of people approach me saying, "Oh, Sebastian." Uh, I have so-and-so friend who wants to write and I, and I recommended that they would check your website and all that, that they contact you and that's fine. Uh, and I realized through those people that a lot of people don't know where to start. And you know what? That podcast we just did might be a good place for them to start. So if you want to share it with someone you I've heard mentioned to you, oh, I want to write a book someday. Maybe you want to share that with them and they would appreciate it today. Exactly. And uh, if you have any questions for us, you can write to us at info at thrivingonpurpose.com. And uh, Sebastian will get back to you if you have any questions about what we talked about today. So be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.